Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast, Fat Mascara, here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beja Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldajanero.com and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay authenticity guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. You cannot educate kids anymore with just one discipline. It's the whole idea of transformative education. I think in the future we will have to create totally new schools. How do you see the future of materials when it comes to skins? My question is, if I have a bag which is made out of this biotech leather, which can be produced on big scale, do I still want it? Meaning it's less desirable because it's not natural? It's not fetishistic. Hi, this is Imran Ahmed, founder and CEO of The Business of Fashion. This week, we've been talking about the best fashion schools in the world on BOF. And as part of our overall exploration of fashion education, I sat down with a legendary figure in fashion and someone we at BOF have turned to often when looking to the future of fashion. Lee Edelcourt is the Dean of Hybrid Design Studies and the Associate Provost at the Parsons School of Design. Now that sounds very complicated, but it's not really. What Lee's whole purpose at Parsons is, is to show the value of studying at the intersection of multiple disciplines. It's all about multidisciplinary education. I visited Lee recently in her office at Parsons in New York, and we discussed how fashion education needs to change. So here's Lee Edelcourt, Inside Fashion. Hello, Lee. How are you? I'm good. I'm very good. Thank you for hosting me here. We're at the Parsons new school of design here in new york city and lee has just walked me through uh, an, an exhibition of some of the work out of the new mfa textiles program here at parsons and um about a week or so ago i got an email from lee and she 
She told me that on BOF the textile debate needs to start. So when Lee tells me something I need to do, I listen. So I'm here. And、um, before thank we, thank you for being. No, of course. Thank you for having me. I mean, before before we get into the the kind of topic of textiles, I, I first want to introduce you a little bit to our community, or have you introduce yourself. I mean, many of our. Community members will remember your barnstorming talk from Voices 2016.、Um, the quotes from that talk still get circulated widely on Instagram. My question,、uh, you know, really is to just understand a little bit about how you ended up doing what you do. I mean, people call you a trend forecaster. People call you a futurist. You obviously have a strong interest in sustainability and textiles. But like, how do you? How did you end up doing? Yeah, how do you? How did you end up doing this in the first place? Like, how do you just when you meet someone at a cocktail party? My my life is a bit like a slow motion roller coaster. Is that things move from one to the other without me actually making so much effort? I just encounter things and then I accept new challenges always continuously. So this is what has. Enlarged my vision and my scope. So from being a forecaster, I became a, an educator.、Uh, first,、uh, directing a course, then directing the design academy in Eindhoven. So I learned how to create a curriculum, how to design a school, if you want, how to bring an in such an institute to the world, how to、um, motivate students. So from education in design, then I became a design expert, and I became a curator of design. So now we're doing endless exhibitions all over the world with Philip Fumano, and I'm still doing my trend books. By the way, I wanted to tell you that recently I did a color card based on、uh, Indian summer. Oh、so、wow! So it's all about India. Okay. Because I think India is very much、uh, going to be prominent.、Mm-hmm. Um, so that work is continuing, and then I'm、uh, currently setting up this MFA in、uh, New York. After three years, we got it accredited, and now it's up and running, and we、uh, have just the results of the first year. So I keep、um, doing all these things at the same time, and they all inform each other. So it's a very beautiful life. It's what they call a virtuous cycle.、Um, So let's talk a little bit about this program here, because you know this.、Uh, we've just been working on our on our annual assessment of the top fashion schools in the world, and we wanted to do、uh, an assessment of the the textile programs in the various colleges around the world, but we we simply couldn't get enough students data. data.、Mm-hmm. Um, so in in lieu of that, I thought, well, I could talk to. You know, a leading global expert, i.e., you, just to understand a little bit about what's going on in textile education. And you call your title is Dean of Hybrid Design Studies.、Mm. So, do you want to talk a little bit about what the like, like the purpose of this program is and what the hybridity is that you're referring to? I believe that in the future, since people are going to live a hundred years or more,、uh, you cannot educate. Kids anymore with just one discipline.、Uh, so the whole idea of、um, making hybrid education is that you layer the different disciplines、uh, like a sandwich, and that 
as a student, you can uh, sort of taste all these different things and then create your own futures so that you can first maybe start doing this and then you suddenly remember that you also learned that and that you can change and that you met somebody making a film or a performance that you can reach out and you know transform yourself once more. So it's the whole idea of transformative um, education and maybe also continuous. I think in the future we will have to create totally new schools and so it's a very beautiful moment to be involved in education because it's opening up instead of closing everything down. Mm-hmm. Non-specialistic um, approach, if you want. And so I had several programs here in Parsons and it's actually only the textile which has been uh, pushed through. And the idea here is to, to create a hybrid between Silicon Valley and Hudson Valley. So mm-hmm. to create a hybrid between the smart things and the virtual things and the sweetie aspect and the handmade, the hand grown, the hand shepherd and the hand crafted. It's like digital craftsmanship or something. Completely. And mm-hmm. this is what we see happening. I'm so happy. You know, it's 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 happening under my eyes. So there is for instance uh, connectivity yarns which are needle punched into an Egyptian Egyptian antique fabric mm-hmm. so the the technique is super old you know, ancient and then it's using the most advanced material because often we need to use these very ancient things in order to bring the qualities of the innovation about mm-hmm. and so we need to go back very much in time to create actually the future Hmm. And what happens also here for is that the um, the smart textiles don't look smart. They can look completely crafted, like handmade. Like what we just saw. Yeah. Yeah. So it takes away that sort of stress that uh, because it's contemporary, it needs to look like a building or like a spaceship or you know, which it always happens with new technology in the beginning that it gets futuristic form and then later on we ease into it and then it becomes uh, a tool let's say and that's what we are now witnessing hmm. you know I, I read this um, almost kind of like a manifesto that that was written um, at, at the launch of this program as or at the genesis of this program and it said um, architects artists industrial designers as well as fashion designers no longer know the materials they work with. And in a way, I think the genesis of this new program is also about, you know, reinforming people about materials and why they're okay. so important. Can you talk a little bit about what you intended by that statement? Why it's, you see it as a crisis? Why it's time for the debate? It's a crisis because it, was, it is an endangered species. I started to get notice from my weavers and textile makers in Italy that they could not find the right dye people anymore. I could, they could not find certain yarn people anymore. So a lot of skills are disappearing um, because of fast fashion producing fast fabric, which is basically plain, not so interesting fabric. And... Um, 
the idea to live in a, in a world without textile in, in the house and in, 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 on us, for me that was like such a scary thing. So we made nine years ago an exhibition in Milan called Talking Textiles. Mm -hmm. And ever since we are, let's say, combating for the revival of textile, and it's happening very much in interior. Rugs are back, uh, even wall textiles, even wall, wall hangings, uh, macrame, all sorts of things which disappeared are seen again and embraced again. Fashion still needs, I think, to be more involved with the textile making. It's, it's lost, this idea of... Uh, I go to a shop and I buy a yardage and I make a dress, you know, which has been put into young people's minds that that fashion is. It's not. It starts, of course, with the skills of not maybe making textile, but understanding textile. And so if you're trying to educate someone on the fundamentals of not making textile, but understanding textile, what is it important for us to understand about textiles? Um, I think textile is a carrier of information. It's like a, it's a computer program, if you want. It's so, therefore, it's a language as well. So it, it, it holds a lot of um, culture. I discovered this when we went from the 80s to the 90s. In the 80s, uh, the the fabric which everybody used was the diagonal. You know, with the black Japanese fashion, it was just diagonal weaves. So that is a sort of a naughty weave because it makes things look better. <laughs> so you can have a horrible yarn look like wool. But then when you sit on it, it isn't. And so this was also the time we had facade uh, companies and facade buildings and so the 80s was very much about facade. So the weave was actually like a blueprint of society. Then we went to the 90s, and almost from one moment to the other, we uh, went to the square weave, which is honesty. Because you cannot use shit, you need to use pretty good yarns. You cannot hide anything. And so honesty was, was then also a word in politics even, believe it or not. And so to go from this one weave to the other as a blueprint of society is interesting because the square weave was about the ecology becoming important. And what was especially very interesting, I found, is that you, um, you, you need a square weave to have flair. This, you have to cut on the bias, you mm -hmm. need to have a square weave. So with this diagonal, you can only cut straight. So if you wanted to have... So if you want to have flair, you need to be square. Like movement. Yeah. Yeah. So it's so funny that you have to be a bit strict to be able to play. Right. So it's a moral idea as well. So right. if you would possibly study the favorite fabric of each time, you would completely be able to read the culture. This is what you said somewhere that clothes hold up a mirror for our cultural values. Completely. Yeah. Okay. This is why this puffer jacket everybody's making and yeah. making and making. You know, it's all about protection. It's our armor because there's fear. There's so. fear right now. That's why Montclair is selling yeah. so many puffer yeah. jackets. But there's also a basic knowledge, even in our own industry, that's missing. When you got up at Voices, um, you made a lot of 
bold statements. Mm. Um, but one of the things you said was that even the industry doesn't understand the difference between a print and a woven and a jacquard and a pattern. Oh my like, god! So and, true. And the it's base- getting worse. So wh- why, like, why is such? Why is there such a lack of basic knowledge about what is fundamentally the building block of what makes the industry happen? I guess What's the it, cause? it's the education system. Kids don't learn art anymore in. You know, when they're small kids, mm-hmm. they don't get uh, history art, art history lessons. They don't get culture lessons. So by and large, you know, everybody in T-shirts and denim, you just doesn't exist anymore. So you don't see it anymore. So it's not part of your life. It disappears. It slips away. However, professionals should, of course, know. And it's terrible that they don't get teached. Mm. Now there is a very big comeback of Organdi and Gazar, and most people don't know what that is. Hmm. They don't question. Do you think, you know, this generation of designers that's educated in kind of Google search, image, um, inspiration, appropriation, copying, that whole like approach of research which is very different which doesn't start with the fabric does that that have a role to play in why we are at where we're at in terms of lack of basic knowledge it certainly doesn't help i I guess it's um, it's great and at the same time it's so dangerous because if you don't go through the first layer of information or the second you end up all being the same Mm -hmm. of course when you know how to search you can research like going to a library Mm -hmm. but you really have to take time right and be curious about the real reasons why you are looking for things but i think that there might be a turnaround because i see in the design world that materialization has become the number one issue it's the only thing we talk about how do we make new matter? How do we create new matter? How do we use waste and make it into our new marble? How do we get rid of all this stuff and how do we make it work? So um, it's almost like uh, alchemy is, is in, the, in the working. So if you translate it from design to fashion, it might also happen there. Hmm. Well, certainly. And I think this would be understandable to most of us is that in this big debate around sustainability, if the core building blocks that you're working with are not sustainable, no matter what you do along the process afterwards, it's never going to be sustainable. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. 
Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast, Fat Mascara, here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beja Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O- L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldajanero.com and use the code ACAS10 for 10% off. You know that's the sound of another sale on your online Shopify store. But did you know Shopify powers selling in person too? That's right. Shopify is the sound of selling everywhere. Online, in-store, on social media, and beyond. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash BOF, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash BOF to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash BOF. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you feel like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. And not just any experts, specialised experts. Real people who love this stuff with real, hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Um, what role, if you can just tell us, like, what role do you think you know, textile design will play as we try to combat this challenge of the sustainability of our industry? Obviously, part of it has to do with overconsumption. Part of it has to do with um, you know, the, the chemicals and materials that are used in the process of creating textiles. But a lot of it is also about what happens to like clothes when they're no longer in use. Our waste. Yeah. You know, it's in, in, enormous. The figures are stunning. Um, but what is the good news is that when you use this waste to make new things, I have witnessed this in uh, uh, the Waste No More project of Eileen Fisher, is that 
second time around, you don't feel the same pressure to make commercial things. So the first time around, when it's a new fabric, you, it has to sell. Once it's recycled, strangely, it sets all sorts of creative thinking free because it already did its work. So the second time around, you're more free to make what you want to make. So what is the Waste No More initiative? Oh, that's um, a project Fisher, we, yeah. we make with Eileen Fisher to uh, use their old uh, clothes, woolens and silks and so on, linens, into um, beautiful wall hangings, felts, they're needle-pointed felts, which are actually um, art pieces. So suddenly from a bridge company comes a, a high-end company. So interesting. Mm. And it's impressing everybody because it really shows how this whole idea of using waste can become incredibly beautiful as well and cultural. And mm -hmm. So we just do their curation. There's a lot of innovation happening now in the, in the field of textiles. Like you've already mentioned smart textiles a couple of times. Mm -hmm. There's innovation happening around sustainability. Can you lay out what you think are the most exciting things that you know people in the industry should know about as it pertains? Well, what I see happening now, I really discovered it the last two days, is that all these students show that they're not just textile designers, but they're also something else. So one of the students is a gardener or a gentleman farmer. He's using seeds and textiles, so he's using the textile almost as a fertile ground, wool. And that will give us a sort of new inner gardens, or I, I don't know exactly what will come, but it's very fascinating. You could also um, possibly feed people like this. You, know, you could use it as a big industrial idea. Then there is another student, a Chinese girl. She is working with agar, which is material from um, algae. It's a sort of strange gel, which normally is used in food. She cooks it with waste of fruits to give it color, and then she creates yarns. And from the yarns, she creates beautiful lace. So she is cooking the yarns. I've never seen that before. We never saw this material used before. So it's like the intersection of textiles with any other gardening or food, architecture, or architecture, poetry, right. film. And this goes back to that educational philosophy you were talking mm -hmm. about, about not having a single specialism. Exactly. And yeah. um, it's fascinating to see. They all have their own other person. Mm -hmm. in what about the innovation that are happening at companies like Bolt Threads, where, you know, it's this whole thing around spider yeah. silk. That stuff is interesting, too. And, you know, very unlike unlike what we saw in your students' exhibition just now, which is very much at the very early nascent staging, bolt threads. It's an industry yeah. in the making. Yeah. yeah. Talk, talk about how you see that impacting the field of textiles. Well, if they manage well their thing, it will eradicate synthetics because the spider can do even stretch yarns. Mm-hmm. They are not yet dead, but the promise is. So if that would happen, that would be such a bliss for the planet because you, you know, if you look at all the yoga clothes and so, you know, that's a lot of textile. 
which is very bad. And lots of microplastics and oh. things that get into the... Elastic yarns yeah. and so on. So I think it's slow. You know, we were promised this thing for the last 15, 20 years. I have had it in my hands, so it does exist. Yeah. But I haven't seen it yet in uh, translated into a real line of garments. Mm -hmm. I think it takes time to upscale this, of course. Yeah. It's very expensive to do all this. Yeah. But the promise of um, growing, growing design and growing textile is very important. Mm -hmm. Next step is that you don't have to make a yarn, but you're growing the whole garment. Yeah. The so whole, it doesn't even need to be woven. Yeah. There's people working with uh, silk, uh, the, the essence of silk, which can be, become a sort of, let's say, powder or... We are very near, I think, to being able to sort of 3D print aspects of the clothes. Probably whole capes and whole, I don't know, mm -hmm. whole Montclair Jackson jackets. You know? yeah. So that's going to happen. It's still... It, but we have to know that it's slow and we have to know also that fashion is very traditional. Since the pleated skirts of the Egyptians, you know, not much has changed in the need of doing, cutting, you know, preparing right. fabric. It's, it's the technology hasn't changed, no, basically. No. The approach to garment creation. Yeah. Jacquard machine is still the Jacquard machine. Yeah. Which is a fantastic tool, but it's... Uh, yeah, it's... Not radical as an as an as a trade, let's say. Mm -hmm. And I hope that through uh, the lens of textile, uh, the design world and the fashion world will get a sort of innovation from within and not from the outside. What do you mean? Well, if you start from if you start creation from a material, the material will somehow. Um, teach you what to do with it. You know, it will invite you to go somewhere. It's not just an, a, a flat image, which is just only a shape or an idea or a style. So it could become much more uh, fascinating, I think, it would give new shapes, would give new colors. Definitely natural color will also, I think, become more industrialized, so that will help. Mm -hmm. uh, no, it's there is some some you, you can feel that there is an announcement of something really more interesting coming. Mm -hmm. The need also our fingers have to touch, you know, mm -hmm. it's because we have so much screens, mm -hmm. fingers, everything becomes more tact tactile as yeah. well. Do you have a view on exotic skins and leather and you know some of the other materials that get used in that our industry? Feathers? Now. You know, theoretically, they are sustainable insofar as they're natural materials. I know some of them get treated with things along the way that are not good for the environment. But how do you see the future of materials when it comes to skins? I believe we will move away from leather. And there is, of course, now very far advanced um, projects to make leather in the laboratory. Like modern meadow. Yeah. Which also would create maybe uh, hamburgers and things. Yeah. But that's all in the pipeline. Yeah. My question is, 
if I have a bag which is made out of this sort of biotech leather, which can be produced on big scale to measure into color, do I still want it? Meaning it's less desirable because it's not natural? It's not fetishistic. Ah. It doesn't have the same. The need we have for leather and fur is because we have a need for animals right. and relationship with animals. Right. Or be even animal ourselves. So this is why we like that stuff. But if you talk to someone like Stella mm -hmm. and she makes all of these material or uses all of these materials that look and feel like leather but aren't leather. I don't think it's necessary. The customers still buy it though. Yeah, but I think it will. I know from within companies because I'm working with some uh, luxury houses that the period beyond leather is absolutely studied. Hmm. There's lots of things you can what do. What happens to all those handbags? Uh, you know, well, that drive big companies like Gucci and Louis Vuitton and Dior and all these companies, like they make money from leather products. I know it's going to be a disaster for them. They need to really rethink and they need to do it quick because it's going quick. Why is it, why is it accelerating now? I think um, the increasing love of animals and the younger the generations are, the more they don't want to touch them anymore. Hmm. So we are becoming almost animistic in the meantime. You know, we are really moving towards an understanding and even a relationship with the natural world beyond just making a walk in the forest. Mm -hmm. And we are understanding now how smart, for instance, the forest is much smarter. The systems are much smarter than our internet they are now finding. So there is a lot of data to be found also in the studies so the more and more we get involved there the more we just don't want to touch it anymore on the other hand of course in the beginning of time people hunters would ask the animal to come and be hunted you know humbly so there has been times where there was an understanding that food was needed but we didn't have billions of people so it was another situation altogether but this leather business, yeah, I'm, I'm convinced that we will move beyond. And you can do things with coating, with weaving, with, I think, all sorts of new materials we will develop. Mm -hmm. uh, we now are, are able to print uh, 3D on textile. So you could make that beyond sequence, if you want, three-dimensional three fish scales or something so you could it will become more fantasy i guess so turning back to education for a moment if you're a designer you know listening to this conversation and you're really concerned about the choices that you make vis-a-vis -vis textiles and how they impact you know the sustainability of your product what's the first place they should start as they think about you know sourcing and developing uh, fabrics and textiles for their collections? Where should they start? Possibly the most important idea will be fiber. We're in the process now of rediscovering fibers which have been around for centuries but forgotten. For instance, need, uh, nettle, which is a very nasty plant but grows very fast, so it's very economic. And when you process it, you don't need water. 
Whereas Unlike cotton. Cotton, you need a lot, much too much cotton. So there's manufacturers now making denim in this material, which is beautiful. It's, it feels like a mixture of linen and wool. So it's linen, but it's not so aggressive as linen. It's more sort of floppy. Mm. It's amazing. It was used in bedding and so as, from, as of the Middle Ages. So why did it, people stop using it? Because cotton was the... Because there, were, there was cotton in slaves, I guess. Yeah. You know? And this was done by farmers in their own backyards. Right. In Japan, people each farm would develop their own fiber, such as rami or b- banana fiber or even paper. So mulberry paper and so. And we are now in the process of going back to all these things, rediscovering. And also, for instance, bringing linen production back home. Because what happens is that in Normandy, we have great production of linen, but it is sent to China to be made into a yarn. And then the yarn is brought back to Paris. So it's it's ridiculous. The carbon footprint of that alone is ridiculous. It's like this uh, shrimps being you know, shelled in Morocco and then back. The, the world needs to stop all that sort of nonsense. Mm. But I'm very keen on this new fiber because it also gives us a very new fashion because it doesn't behave the same. Right. So you, I would think you tailor it differently. Mm. So if you're going to start on a sustainability journey as a designer and, and you're thinking about textiles, start all the way back to the fiber. To the plant. Yeah. Last question. Mm. For those students or prospective students who are s- contemplating careers in this space, you know, what does it take to be a successful or to excel in this field of textile development, design, and innovation? What kind of person do you need to be? What are the traits you need to have in order to succeed? I guess as in other, other artistic disciplines, to be um, endlessly curious, to have basic skills, but it doesn't really matter because you can catch up on your skills, and to have vision, and to be completely passionate about it. You have to be crazy about textile to do this, because that is what you do all day, right? Right. So it's like meditative, but also passionate, and it's a lot of work. You have to... Go for it, let's say, hundred hmm. percent. And otherwise, if it's just like a hobby, then let it stay a hobby. I would say. Thank you, Lee, for taking the time to t- to kind of walk me through the vision you have for this program. It's really fascinating, and I look forward to keeping in touch. And we want to do more on this space on BOF because I'm really convinced that the more thinking that everyone does on on the kind of role of fiber and textile in the in the in the kind of entire value chain of fashion there's some really big issues issues and also opportunities completely to have yes. impact actually fascinating and innovative yeah that okay. is great yeah well thank I'm you happy so much about that. me too uh, this is imran ahmed founder and CEO of the Business of Fashion. That's all for Inside Fashion this week. I'm here with the legendary Lee Edelcourt at Parsons, uh, and I hope you will tune in next week for our next episode. Bye. 
If you enjoyed this conversation, you might also be interested in joining BOF's global membership community, BOF Professional. Our members receive exclusive deep dive analysis in our Daily Digest email, as well as unlimited access to our archive of over 10,000 articles, our new iPhone app, special print issues, and all of our online courses and learning materials from BOF Education. For a limited time only, we are offering our podcast listeners an exclusive 25% discount on your first year of an annual BOF Professional membership. To get this special offer, click on the link in the episode notes, select the annual package, and enter the special code PODCAST2019 at checkout. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Please leave us a rating if you did, and don't forget to share it with your friends. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast, Fat Mascara, here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beige Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldejanero.com and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off.